0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: The more that I can read that goal, the more that I can visualize that it's actually happening as I am looking at it and reading it now, The more I am taking it on board with ownership and the more that I know it's not just maybe happening, it's factual.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode of Mindset Monday, we're chatting with property and life coach Jill McIntyre. We'll be discussing the topic of financial freedom, some of the obstacles that many people face when trying to save money, strategies you can establish to help yourself become financially free and much, much more. To start off with, we'll be delving into the topic of why financial freedom and find out why we should be making more of a concerted effort to achieve it.
1: I often relate back to what's happening with my clients and it, it really comes to mind very much that uh, with so many of us, we're so eager to jump ahead and do things and we've got to stop at times and this is what we forget to do time. We might have the urge and the surge to make money, we might have the urge and surge to do it by whatever vehicle, whether it's property, whether it's shares, whether it's um, business or whatever it is. but we need to also set time aside to work on our structure. We need to work on our timeline. We need to work on our action plan that is going to allow our feet to touch the ground. Because inevitably, if we don't, we skim over the surface of stuff that can cost us a lot of money, mentally, physically and emotionally. And the reason I chose this topic today is also from the point of view that you must build a firm foundation, say if you're moving forward in property, what do you want to achieve over the next 12 months? And you have it firmly set you might want to do a buy, reno, sell deal or buy, reno, subdivide, sell deal and have it that one takes approximately nine months and by the end of the 10th month you're into your second deal and working there. That could be your strategy. You've got to be careful, Tara, not to overcommit. And I think... You'd be fully aware of this one because we do take on things at times because the pressure's on, we have to do it. And I'm the first to put my hand up, you are too there. But the pressure at that point is doable because we can work on our time management to get there. But what we need to stop and do, if our pressure is full on 24-7 or we are the instigator of what's pressing the buttons for that pressure to help, we've got to stop and think, is this the way I want to live? It's going to help um, hinder us eventually in a health bias. Your body isn't meant to be continually um, beat up and hit up because you can't get sleep or you wake up feeling exhausted in the morning because you haven't... Um, so much is on your mind during the night or every day you're continually living by the phone because there's another demand on all these commitments and emails and then you've got to fit a family in or you've got to fit home in on some level. So this is why I've chosen this topic, topic today because I think we've got to stop, smell the roses on a regular basis to work on our planning, to look after our health because we want to be here long term and achieve some great stuff.
0: It is quite common to be over-committing yourself and McIntyre delves into her interesting reasoning behind why many people fall into
1: that trap. I think I would have no hesitation in saying our parents, a lot of our learning comes from our parents. You know, we rely on our parents so much time to put food in our mouth, to... Um, teach us what we should be doing on a daily basis, right and wrong, all of these sorts of things. And yes, our parents do good jobs the best they do. I as a parent, you as a parent, me as a grandparent, this still follows through on whatever level you're at in life. But the problem is that so many of the things we take on as a child, we still live with them as an adult. And as a child, we were taught um, how to think by our parents. When we get to adulthood, when we've got to really work things out for ourselves, we don't know how to do it. We still stick with how to think. Where we are at the crossroads, maybe today, it might be for those that are listening in, is to change focus and start to work on what to think what you think that works for you? And start to be thinking about, as I mentioned earlier, about working on your game plan, working on your strategies, working on your timelines, being specific about what you want to achieve rather than overload and coming in. Many of the things that we do as um, our learnt behaviour things, yes, you might be very different to your siblings. We might come from the same parent and parent, mother and father, but one member of the family might be a spender. The other one might be absolutely the best saver in the world. We could be very diverse within the family, or though we come from our parents. And do you take off after one of your parents, say where stress is concerned, do you overstress? Do you react the same way when the pressure's really on as your parents? Does this serve you where you are today? And these are questions we need to ask ourselves because probably we play out life, I feel tyrant over and over again on the same platform, not realising that we're working along those lines. So we need to look at what habits we've taken from our parents. One example, do you vote for the same um, political party as your parents did?
0: Yes, I do.
1: And it might sound funny, but it's all these sorts of things. Um, you know, do you drive the car the way that someone else does or do you go out and, you know, do something specifically exactly the way you were taught back as a child? And bless their hearts, their parents did a good job as best they could. Um, you know, we're not going into that, but is it serving you now the way you're doing that? Is it serving me the way I think about things? So refocus about what you're doing and how you're applying yourself in a property deal. Are you working strategically in the property deal to make an outcome? Are you working on mixing with other people? Because I always say there's such a good synergy in connecting with like-minded people. Or have you shied away all of your life, but when you look, your mother or your father was exactly the same? And sometimes, Tyrone, once we realise that we're playing life like this, it's time to change. And it's not change, and it's hard. You know, I, I give you fully, it's hard. But strangely enough, we spend more time working against change than actually putting into the change. We fight it. We fight the change. This is going to be too hard, we won't do it. No, who are you to be wanting to get into a property deal? Our ego will kick in and continually stop it. So it's important to stop and think what repetitive patterns have I inherited and got now that no longer serve me that I need to flick?
0: And I totally resonate with you because a lot of the things that we've done in the past have followed in our parents' footsteps and it becomes habitual and in, in subconscious. You don't think about it, and then it's only when you actually ask those questions and go, "Gosh, you know, why am I doing these habits?" Then you you break out of that mold. Um, <laughs> I know a story which I heard a long time ago um, from a very interesting habit book. Is um, there there was a family at a party and one of the mothers were there just cooking away and, and doing turkey and every time they've made turkey, they've always cut off the edges of the turkey, like, you know, the leg and stuff and put it straight in the oven and what happened was the daughter said to her mother and said, Mum, why do you cut that off? And um, she says, well, mum uh, you know, my grandma, your grandma, sorry, my mom said that that's what she always used to do so she followed exactly what it did. So she said, why don't you go and have a chat to grandma because they're, they're all at the same party. So the daughter goes over and has a chat to grandma and grandma says, oh, you know, um, why? Why says to grandma? Why are you cutting those legs off the turkey as well too? Because that's what mum says that you do. And she so, said, so, "Oh, yeah, um, actually, my grandma um, did it before too." And they just said, oh, "I just kept going." And then eventually, they got down to the bottom of it, and they asked. They, they eventually found out, and the grandma who's still alive, like great great grandma, said, "Oh, I cut it off because it just wanted to fit in the oven." So it was crazy that you think, and sometimes you have to take a step back and go to yourself. Gosh, are those? those things that my parents have done and taught me, are they actually still applicable in my life currently or even in today's environment? And, and there's a lot of things I, I've seen, you know, same thing like my father used to always say to me, make sure that um, you you, you close a certain thing up afterwards every time that you've done it. And I go, why dad? You know, why do you need to? Because with the internet nowadays, everything is all automated. But said, no, you got to do it manually. I'm saying, why? <laughs> anyway, I tested him. He was like, ah, that's the way you've always done it. Anyway, I found out... It's ingrained.
1: I think you'll agree with me. The biggest repetitive pattern will be that we will follow our parents and how we cope with money, how we move forward with with my money and spending. A lot of people, when they're under pressure, all they want to do is to go to the local shops and spend money. It's like, a, uh, you know, this is my fix for now, but the fix only stays for five minutes. Or on the other hand... We're always told as as growing up, you must save your money, you must save your money, you must save your money, to the point that all the way to adulthood, you can never really spend money. You've got an absolute scarcity fear, although you might have money coming out of your ears. You've got a scarcity fear that there's going to be a shortage and so you can never get the joy from money. It can work both ways. And, you know, usually with our parents, we take on their money traits. Or it could be that they have continually struggled with money and you've been a witness to that all of your, your growing years and you don't want it to happen to you or your future or your family. But the trouble is we don't know how to step over that line to create good structure that's going to give the clarity. And so we keep on push, 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 push. And it's Just doesn't work.
0: We learn about the categories that everyone fits into financially, and we hear about an amazing story that will blow you away.
1: With the three ways, they're interesting because I'm sure each of you listening will fit into one of these three categories, or they're about. And the first one is a person who is doing well financially. Uh, They're able to pay their bills. They've got the freedom in lifestyle but there's a major part of them that feels unsatisfied. They're not extending themselves. There's certainly more petrol in their tank. They're living well, well, well within their comfort zone. And my thinking, um, Tyrone, is that life really starts with, with each of us when we move to the edge of our comfort zone because we need to be challenged to grow. So if you're in the comfortable situation, for some people that's what they want, but for the majority of people listening in, they want more than that. The next category is they're okay financially, but they're still struggling from week to week. They've got the money to pay the bills, but they just can't get ahead. They're on a roller coaster ride all the time, just on the month-to-month, paying what they need to be paying. It is stressful living like that. Island. and a very large part of the population would be in that middle category. Then there's a, a third category and they're struggling to earn money and they can't keep up with their obligations. They live in stress city. Everything is just imploding and they're feeling exhausted as they're drowning in their thinking. And it's funny because... Struggling to earn money, we're all in that situation. Um, one of my clients has um, got a, a 10-year-old um, son and he's in some sort of scout but they had to get some badge um, on uh, their animal, their dog at home. And of course, they didn't have an animal or a dog. So Dad and my client came up with the idea, well, why don't we do some dog sitting? And then you will feel what it's like to have a, a an animal and do that. Well, in the first two months of the dog sitting, that ten year old child made a thousand dollars. That dog sitting has grown that now it's just expanding, and they live in a domestic block, and they've got the support of the school because the school is encouraging of what he's doing but it's mainly because of dad and his thinking and his growth that we're working on putting a product together and various things down the road road to sell it as a stream of income to help um, build this little boy's bank, but also to give other people ideas. One of the biggest money earners has been that they found out, yes, to have a guinea pig, they get $16 a night, and to have a dog is whatever. But the biggest way of making money is dog walking. Twice a day, dog walking. And it's just amazing how this has grown where projections and forecasts of people who are listening in, they've got children who are 14, 15, 16, 17, they could do the same sort of thing and make money. And it's so important to me what the plus of all of this is happening are the lessons for this little boy that Dad, in in our coaching, I've come in and said, as you're going, start to think about what structure this little boy needs to set up to build virtually a business under, as dad going as the adult in the situation, but to build that business. Because at 10 years of age, he's going to start thinking about a company structure We've even got a website, a very basic website set up. He's been interviewed by Channel 10 on one of the children's shows. And this has all happened in the state of three months. It's amazing. So, so struggling to earn money, start to get your thinking cap on as to how you can earn money. And we always hear about you know, eBay and selling the things we don't want. But it's all clutter. What do we really want, and what can we get out, uh, get rid of that can make us money? But what do you do with that money then? Do you put it to good use, or are you go on a spending spend and buy more? So it's about creating a firm structure and thinking outside the square of making money. So those are the three three areas, Tyrone, of where you fit in, and. If you fit into any of those, it's all about, do you want more? Do you want more money? Do you want Do you want to succeed? I have time and time again. I've just had a new client join me last um, Saturday for the first session. And their whole situation is around uh, one of them giving up work. A woman, a, a new client this morning that I spoke to, the same thing. Her dream is to, to finish work. And so if we're going to have that sort of dream and vision, we've got to have structure. We've got to really know what we're doing.
0: Coming up after the break, we'll delve into how surrounding yourself with people that will tell you the truth is important.
1: Integrity is very, very high on my list. I don't want to be working with anyone that does underhanded things or things that just don't fit on a comfortable level with me.
0: The biggest obstacle that we face day in and day out?
1: If we can keep in mind that really the one that's stopping us is us and no one can help us. It takes us to be having the courage to go and look at who we are and what we are and uh, look at ourselves warts and all and say, yep. I can stay as I am but what am I going to do if I want to
0: change? And that's next. I'm Taryn Shum and you're listening to Mindset Monday on Property Investory. In order to get yourself back on track, you need to be able to overcome the obstacles that are hindering you and she provides some strategies on how you can achieve it.
1: The first thing we've got to identify, um, what is stopping us? So say if you are going into a property deal and a lot of people work as lone soldiers, they think, right, now property is going to be be all and end all. I'm going to do this. Um, Yes, I've got some money that I can invest. But, But the bottom line is they don't bring anyone in to help them or support them. And I've talked before about the importance of personality profiling, Karen. where it is so important to know your own strengths and your weaknesses. Bring people in who can help you because of the leveraging. With with those strengths and weaknesses, and if you're working as a lone soldier, you are trying to cover every aspect of a deal yourself. Now, a lot of the things, if you've got the mindset that, um, say, your are very, very analytical analysis paralysis, for example, you will go over and over and over a deal and spend so much time trying to work and you'll be in competition with yourself to get a better outcome all the time. It is wasted time. I'm not saying what you're doing isn't good stuff. but it's over analyzing stuff that is not relevant to what's happening now. And you need someone in your life, if that's where you fit in, to come back and say, "Okay, these are the facts we need. Provide those, but then we move on with, with implementation. How are we going to do it? A very big, important part of moving forward always, and I suggest to each of my clients is to have, if they're a couple, is to have a partners meeting once a week if they're working on a property or business or growth, and in that uh, once-a-week partners meeting, it goes for an hour, and they have to have the structure of what they want to achieve over the next week, each of them. It could be a common goal of, say, property. We want to uh, have a property, say, um, all signed, sealed, and delivered, say, three months from now. What they need to do is what are the steps that they need to take over those three months to make it happen, then come back and work on a weekly basis at the partners' meetings. Who's going to be accountable for doing what tasks? Who's going to follow through? Keep notes of those partners' meetings because each of the two in the, in the meeting have to be accountable for what they've done or otherwise. To move it on to next week, and we all have things come up with someone being sick, I haven't been able. That's normal. We work around that. But what we've got to do is if we're really going to grow, we've got to have a structure to move forward with and follow through. And it's got to fit your strengths. It's no good if you're not a numbers person, it's no good you um, being in charge of the numbers. Of uh, doing feasibilities, it would be um, you know putting a duck water that didn't have any wings. It's just hopeless. So pick the areas that you're good at. If you aren't good at numbers, you might be good at sourcing sites. You might be good at building relationships. You might be good at asking um, and finding money partners. You probably don't realise you are if you're good at communication, but in a in in a with integrity and a well-thought-out plan, you could approach people and gently, gently just keep on asking more delving questions um, that are just like every day, how's the weather type stuff, that the person who is the other end of that conversation doesn't realise that you're, yep, so would you like to get into property more? What are you actually looking to achieve? And all of these questions, and are leading to a deeper, deeper conversation. And it's about spreading your wings and letting people in and you identifying where you're at.
0: With technology, it has made it easier to connect with people that you surround yourself with to keep you accountable even during your busy schedule.
1: Say I've got a, uh, a good friend and I would have conversations with her side over seven morning's. For us, she maintains my own around my business and what I do, and it is for her. But round about 8.30 every morning, we connect. It might only be for a two-minute call, but it could be for a 10-minute call. She's very good on, um, she is my virtually the voice back of my devil's advocate if I'm coming up with a structure, say the growth in business and I've got specific things or a presentation that I'm doing. She will be my ears, she will be my um, critique and she will come back and vice versa. This is where we support and help each other. A lot of it's on a personal basis, but nevertheless, overall, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me on track. It also helps me to work on what do I need to achieve today? And that's very important. If you're going um, out, look at who you choose to be your accountability partner. It doesn't always work to be working with family. And <laughs> it, that can be a hard call because there might be people who want to achieve the envision of making money and property, but they've got absolutely, when it comes down to the brass roots, um, they've got no intentions really of putting much time in. And you've still got to set up for birthdays and Christmas dinners with these people that are your family. So if you've got situations like there and you know the traits of your other siblings or your parents or whatever, love them for what they are, but don't go into business with them. The the same um, when you're going to, say, a meetup group and you're specifically going with your mission of what's in it for me tonight, what am I looking for? And it could be I'm looking specifically to connect with the right person that's got a similar mindset to mine as in mission and my growth, my outcome, commitment because you want to be working with someone that will be willing to put in the same time as what you will if it's an accountability buddy. You want also to be looking at that person, do they come from integrity? Integrity is very, very high on my list. I don't want to be working with anyone that does underhanded things or things that just don't fit on a comfortable level with me. I also don't want people that, got, that have got Donald Trump's personality. That's a nightmare from hell that I'd be inviting into my life. And I don't, I don't want it. So, start to put the tip list down of what you want, what sort of person you would feel comfortable with. But at the same time, you've got to look at the what's and all of yourself and work on what you could contribute to a deal or to an accountability person that you can start to sell yourself as this is where I'm good at, this is what I can commit. You don't have to physically meet them at a coffee shop every morning. We've got Skype. People have got children. You could meet once a week on Skype um, at 8.30 at night, on a Wednesday night, for example, and yet they could be living 30 days away from you. So it's about setting it up with the right person. But first of all, you've got to know what you're worth and who you want to let in, under the structure of all of those things I've just gone through that you want to be part of.
0: McIntyre shares a recent example from one of her clients about how setting an unrealistic goal can actually hurt you.
1: Financial freedom, um, and my new client that came on on Saturday is a good example, is he and his wife have written their goals down but the goals are airy-fairy and they really can't relate to them. And you might put financial freedom to me is to make uh, a property deal, to have a property deal under my belt for 150000 profit or signed, sealed and delivered in the next 12 months. But if a major part of you is in your ego and the little voice in your head saying, you're kidding yourself. It's on paper, but who are you to think that you're going to get that? What are the chances... If underneath it all, such a strong force force within you is telling you you can't achieve it, what's going to happen, Diane?
0: I guess it's self pity and you're negative. You deal with that internal negativity inside.
1: You might be taking the steps forward, but in reality, you've got bucket's chance of getting there because your mind is you're not believing. That that's the that's the way it's going to be of you having that money you're gonna wake up one morning twelve months from now and look in your bank and you've got another, you know, hundred and fifty thousand in there. You're not really believing it because it's never happened to you before and only lucky people would happen that would happen to them. But these are the things that you've got to think about, is that you? Do so you set a goal but underneath you really don't believe that it's achievable? You're wanting it to be achievable, but you're really doubting that it will ever happen. And you've got to connect with that.
0: If you have that little voice inside your head and want to change it to do something positive, then McIntyre gives you tips on how to.
1: I'm very, very structured in how I think. I do it on a daily basis with the because I'm brainstorming and I love that um out of a anytime I can see an opportunity, well, it just opens up to me in my thinking. But that hasn't always been for me. From go back years and years ago, Tyrone, I had no self-esteem, no self-worth, no money, and I was starting below the eight ball with a hearing problem, and absolutely fearful of me ever presenting or doing a podcast. And now, it's the best place I could ever be. I love it. So. All of this to starts to turn round of if we take, for example, when you write a goal. Now, your goals could be short, medium or long term. I don't work so much on them. I might do them once a year at the beginning of the new year where my projections are and, and then I review them each year, type them. But I am very big on a monthly basis to do my monthly intentions. My monthly intentions, whether they're intentions or they goals, I've got a very strict guideline of how to write my goals. Everything must be in the now. So you're writing it that it's the date, say, 12 months on from now. It's the 25th of October 2020. One year on from now. You must... Um, Take your mindset that it's already happened. If you do that, fear won't come in from your past events or your future events. What if I lost my job? What's going to happen there? I've lost money before. And all the time, if we work in with the thinking of our past or future events, they will stop us, Karen. If we live in the now, and we are consciously living in the now that that event is happening as we speak. We don't have fear, so we write our goal or our intention. Say um, that that date that the end goal is happening. We write that to be absolutely on track. To that that's the day that we're actually speaking now. So the day is the twenty fifth of October two thousand and twenty, and wow. I can't get the grin off my face. I've got to write the excitement or the emotion that is attached to that goal. So that stirs you up for a start. You've also got to be very, very visual. If I said I wanted to set up um, a new website, that's fine and dandy. But how wide is the website? Time? If I say um, I'm looking at my uh, the screen of my new website. The colors are this, this, and this. It's absolutely powerful and dynamic of the logo that's been set up for me. And the more that you can describe that, the more that your conscious mind then takes it into your subconscious thinking that it's already happening and you're watching it as it's happening. You don't have any negative words in your intentions or goals. You don't have maybe, perhaps, if, but. All of those, in my thinking, are movable goalposts. Be definite about what you're writing. If you're looking at, wow, I'm just looking at my bank. I can't believe I can't get the grin off my face. I've got 150,000 plus sitting in my bank account today, and I didn't have it yesterday, how exciting is that? Always put a plus or more after the amount of money that you're looking for because then that doesn't limit the outcome. So there's a few golden rules to bring in here. The more that I can read that goal, the more that I can visualize that it's actually happening as I am looking at it and reading it now, The more I am taking it on board with ownership and the more that I know it's not just maybe happening, it's factual.
0: We delve into the breakdown of our fears and how events in our past and future are a predominant part of them.
1: If you bring in why I mentioned the past and the future, with our fear stats, they're quite interesting and I think I've probably shared those before. 40% of our fears are things in the future. 30% of our fears come in from past events. So 70% of what stops us in our tracks is the past and future things happening, the fear of doing this or that happened before. Then we go down to 12% of our fears are our health and well-being. And I can get on and have a sore toe today, get onto Mr. Google, and by tonight, I've got gangrene in the planet it needs amputating. We over, over analyse what's happening. 10% is miscellaneous and the last 8% eight percent of our fears are legitimate fears, real fears, but we can only change 4% of those fears. So there's a very small percentage of what we really fear are factual. If we stay and live in the now, You and I are consciously talking in an hour. I'm on the ball with the thinking. You're on the ball with the listening. We are both in an hour space and time. But if I go out and get in the car after this, I don't stop and think. Where do I... How do I drive? What do I do? It's all stored in my subconscious and my future and my past and I'm daydreaming and all of this sort of stuff in another space. And that's when... If we can keep and stay and raise our level of living in the now more with what we're doing, the outcome will certainly give us the rewards we're looking for.
0: McIntyre adds a little extra tip about achieving financial freedom.
1: I think just stop and identify where you as an individual are. What are you wanting to achieve in your next 12 months of property? Be honest with yourself about what your blocks and stoppers are. And that will associate with your fears, your real fears. It could be breaking into a conversation at a meetup group with other people. And I always say it's hard to do because I was there years ago and can understand what it feels like. But by putting yourself into a group of people and just say, May I join you? And it's as simple as that time. If they all stop in a little group from talking and say, yes, by all means, I'm Mary and your Bill and whatever along the line, you're in. If they say yes, but then go back to a conversation ignore you, just sit out and go to the next one, next little group, and go in there and say, may I join you? But don't beat yourself up with rejection because you haven't been able to get into that first group. We need to move on from that. So there's a number of points about being in the now from today, about writing the goals, about having a clear plan, about examining where you are, if you've got any traits from your parents, what your shoppers are on property. So enjoy working through all of those.
0: The biggest obstacles we face every day is ourselves. And if we realise this and work towards becoming more positive and change our thinking, our goals will be easier to achieve
1: if we can keep in mind that really the one that's stopping us is us and no one can help us. It takes us to be having the courage to go and look at who we are and what we are and uh, look at ourselves warts and all and say, yep, I can stay as I am, but what am I going to do if I want change? And there's lots of help out there. Just put your hands out and take the first step and uh, the more you do that, the more confidence will come your way and with confidence will be self-esteem and everything else plus the rewards will be 10 times fold.
0: If you want to keep in contact with McIntyre after this podcast, she provides her details and how she'll look to help you.
1: Just give us an email at jill.mcintyre01 at gmail.com And uh, by all means, if someone wants to talk to me about coaching or whatever, yeah, just ring me up. And we see, first of all, whether I can help you and you can help, you know, I can vice versa. There's got to be a synergy between us. And um, we take it from there and work on that. And yes, um, I am putting a product together at the moment And uh, that's a work in progress, which I'm pretty excited about. So we'll share more about that one along the way when it comes to uh, being a finalised product, but not too far off.
0: Thank you to property and life coach Jill McIntyre on this episode of Mindset Monday. If you'd like to buy her upcoming book called Coffees with Jill, simply SMS your email and name to 0499881040 to register your interest.